with breaking news and political commentary from a public servant, serial entrepreneur, community leader, philanthropist, and American patriot, and a darn nice guy. It's time for the Grassroots Truthcast and your host, Gene Valentino. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Gene Valentino's Grassroots Truthcast. We are recording by Zoom in the month of November, and I'm very proud to say I've got a distinguished guest with me. His name is Paul Elias Alexander. Paul has a very interesting background. He's an epidemiologist that was focusing on clinical epidemiology and evidence-based medicine, research methodology. He has his master's in epidemiology from, uh, from the master's department of health research methods, evidence, and impact. He has some background and training in bioterrorism and biowarfare. We're going to be talking to Paul about that. And he was a senior advisor to the United States Department of HH in 2020 for the COVID-19 response. Welcome aboard, Dr. Alexander. How are you? Thank you very much, sir. I'm, I'm okay. Thanks. It's such an honor and a privilege to be on your show. Thanks, Sir Emily, for coordinating this for us. And, and I'm here to answer whatever questions I can to help. And yes, my background training is in evidence-based medicine. I schooled at, I did some school at Johns Hopkins. I went to Oxford in Britain for clinical epidemiology. I went to University of Toronto for epidemiology. And I went, I did my evidence-based medicine doctorate at McMaster in Canada. So I, I, I was all over the place, but I was working for the World Health Organization as their pandemic advisor, believe it or not, at the beginning of COVID from January to around the end of April. And then the Trump administration reached out to me and I shifted from the World Health Organization to the Trump administration. We, we've got a whole bunch of things to cover. We're, this conversation is occurring while Israel is uh, trying to defend itself overseas. Uh, Which it should. Which it should. Thank you for throwing that in. And uh, the Biden administration trying to figure out how to play footsies with the Arabs and not being forthright in their in their policy against yes. the, the jihad, which has yes. uh, perf perpetrated its fraud into the hit into the Islamic groups, the 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 jihads of uh, throughout the area. And my concern is, is while all that's going on, and that's a topic unto itself that I know you have some some background in. Let me stay on the vaccine for a minute. Let's rewind the tape and just go back two years. If I was to say to you, if I was to say to you that the COVID lockdowns were a giant experiment and it was a failure, what would you say back to me? Well, first of all, let me start the question by answering you this. The gravest threat to the United States and to the world and I've argued this with my friends across time. They didn't understand where I was coming from. But I want to hit the vaccines now. But the gravest threat to the United States and the world has always been 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, radical Islam. And people never understood that. And now they're beginning to see how it's playing out. And we are at risk in the United States. Let me get to your question. If I was to answer you this way, I would say it this way, sir. People like myself, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Rich, Dr. Ladapo, Dr. Zelenko, Tenenbaum, we looked at 
all of the evidence on the lockdowns globally, all of the evidence on the school closures. And I'm talking about every comparative study, every report ever written anywhere in the world, all the reports on business closures, all the reports on mass mandates, and now the vaccines. We can find no evidence, not one study anywhere in the world that any lockdown worked, any school closure, any mask mandate, any business closure, and no evidence that these vaccines are safe or effective for human consumption. None. The vaccines have failed. It was, it was a devastating plan, whatever they did, however they did this, to bring this shot, because this shot has proven ineffective. And now what we are seeing is that the vaccine itself is causing the vaccinated to become infected, become severely ill, and some are dying. So it's not only an ineffective shot, it is actually devastating. And because it's a suboptimal non-sterilizing vaccine, it is putting what we call suboptimal, suboptimal selection pressure on the spike protein enough that the virus is responding by generating subvariant after subvariant. So we went from Omicron to EG5 to BQ to BA 2.86 to FL. Now today, the new subvariant is HV.1. It has now displaced the EG5. Why? Because of the vaccine. And if they want this, if they want COVID to persist, you just keep bringing these vaccines and never stop. We will have variant after variant for 100 more years. I believe they know what they're doing. The CDC has historically had a procedure in place of efficacy that mm -hmm. tested the merits of vaccines before it went to market. As you know, going back to 2020, Donald Trump was relying heavily on Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci, and I could list six more, for advice and counsel. Yep. I know you were involved back then. How could you stand there and say nothing? And I'm not that I'm, I'm being rhetorical. This is not an accusation. How could you stand there and say nothing when you knew they were lying to Donald Trump, who admits he took the vaccine itself, but in the same sentence says, I took hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And I think that's what really worked for me. But but there was no proof, doctor, that the vaccine worked because under emergency uh, uh, orders, the vaccine got released without the efficacy of clinical trials. I'm invested, yep. it's just in full disclosure before I let you answer, I'm invested in some AIDS preventative vaccination stuff. And I've got to tell you, we went to stage one, we're going through stage two now, and we're going to have to hit stage three. But these COVID vaccines never went through that level of a scrutiny the way. No. So, so now you've introduced to the masses a threat to society. Is this not a legal form of killing the masses that got released? Well, let me answer it this way. If you're asking me because of my biowarfare training, if you wanted to create a biological weapon that could slow, kill, and terrorize the population, they have done this with this shot. That's number one. Number two, there is today no study, no randomized clinical trial 
comparative effectiveness study today that shows that any of these Pfizer or Moderna shots or BioNTech are safe, effective, none, none, not one. Any study that they have produced, especially on patient important outcomes such as hospitalization, infection, ICU, and mortality, they're using non-patient important outcomes that are not proxies for like immunity and what we are not interested in. They're using antibody titer levels, which is garbage. That's number one. Number two, they're depending on observational studies that they're running for a couple of weeks, small sample size, small number of events. The research methodology is just garbage, corrupted science, fraud. And the FDA is granting EAU. I will tell the listeners this way. The FDA can never, ever grant full BLA, which is full biologics approval for these vaccines ever if they moved it from the EAU office to the BLA final approval office. The FDA knows it. The CDC knows it. Why? Because there are just too many adverse events on decks. The ineffectiveness data is clear. So if they ran it through their own final approval process to rubber stamp it, it will fail. So they must keep it on EAU. And when you said that why would people be silent if you go back and check my record, I am the one with Dr. Scott Atlas on the inside, banging away at Fauci, at Burks, at Bula, at Monsef, Slowey, et cetera. That's why I had to leave the administration because they moved to fire me because I was hitting Han, who's the, the commissioner of the FDA, almost daily writing to them about the vaccine is going to fail and it's not property research you're doing. And I have been, since I left in October 2020, on the forefront with McCullough, Reese, etc., educating the public on why these vaccines should have never been brought, why they're deadly, and why we should drag all of them. Fauci, Burks, Azar, Han, Bula, wow. Bansu, Sahin, all. Drag them into a courtroom with proper judges and juries, any legal firm we could, and investigate them and try them. And if we show, as we know, that these people costed lives needlessly and recklessly, I want to clean them out financially, take every penny, put Fauci in the streets, and I want to imprison them. I would imprison every single one of them. And if a judge has the testicles to say, you know what, people die, we need to put the death penalty on the table, I will step back and say, you know what, put the death penalty on the table. You know, you talk about this. This is genocide if it's what you say yes. it is. And and no one can argue your point. In the it, it, because of what I think what you're saying in plain language for the non-medical people watching and listening, the PCR test, the pulmonaris chain reaction test that we all went out and got to see just how strong we were in some sort of protection, how how strong was our body in defending itself against COVID. Would you explain the threshold distinction that occurred when they went from the 25 cycles threshold up to something around 40 cycles of threshold? This was creating false positives that increased the number of positives for COVID, which was a misnomer. It wasn't real. 
What did yes. that do for the the what did that do? Was that helping the Biden administration narrative? Was it helping big pharma? Was it helping both? Are they connected? Take it from there. Well, well, first of all, I think that is one of the most important questions, Sue, that you asked. Thanks again to Emily for allowing me because, because I could help explain this. Let me say it this way. The PCR test, diagnostic test, is not a diagnostic test. PCR is a process to amplify DNA, period, in the research lab, in the dish. It's not a diagnostic test. The inventor said so. That's number one. Number two, the threshold you said, 25. The amplification is actually the threshold for my research is 24. So it's actually a little tighter. What is it actually we did? Well, what I'm arguing, what I've argued is this, and I have written about it and published, that they use the PCR test to shut society down, close schools and frighten you by denoting most people positive for COVID when 97% today, when we look at the data, were false positive. And what do I mean by that? Well, the PCR process works by, you take the sample from the, up in your nostrils or the back of your throat, however they did it, and they put it through the system and it amplifies the genetic material so they can detect based on a background sample, whether COVID, whatever the target pathogen they're looking for. But the question is, is what you're detecting infectious pathogen and pathological pathogen? Because if you are not detecting that, it doesn't matter. That's number one. But remember, PCR was not a diagnostic test. The PCR process was used to create a false pandemic. This was a false, this was a non-pandemic. And what they did was they cycled at 45, 40 and 45 in America. What does that mean and in Canada and UK? Well, that means that when we look at the science, we found that once the test amplifies the, 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 the specimen taken from you 24 times, that is the cap. At that point, you are detecting what you are looking for you are detecting infectious pathological pathogen, period. Beyond that, when you hit 27 cycles, 30, 32, you are detecting what we call non-culturable, non-infectious, non-lethal fragments, viral dust, old coronavirus, old common cold, not what you are interested in today. In other words, we argue now that 95 to 97%, and when we model it out, of, of the positive cases were actually false positive. Okay. 97% of people who we told were positive, and we took them out of the workplace, they began all sorts of treatments. We hospitalized some. We did all kinds of crazy things. They were never positive for COVID. And the medical management, we subjected Granny to who is already vulnerable and elderly. Because of this false positive test, it was the medical management, the sucking into the black hole of COVID, the sedation in the hospital with midazolam and diamorphine, the dehydration, the malnourishment, the isolation, the pumping granny with remdesivir, which was a failed Ebola kidney liver toxic drug. And then we ventilated her. And now we know, well, we knew two years ago that the ventilator blew massive holes in granny's lungs. In other words, we took granny, who likely never had COVID, and we put her through a system in the medical system, in the hospitals, that killed her. What I'm saying is 
our governments, our health officials, the CEOs of the hospitals, the medical doctors, you trust no doctor anymore. You fire your own doctor. They killed granny. They killed your parents. They killed your grandparents. And that is why I am out there in the front and I take a lot of licks. I take death threats every day, whether in Canada and the United States. Death threats, because I'm saying bluntly, we jail these people for what they did, even if you are a medical doctor. And if we can, we imprison them for life for what they did. They killed people. We're talking with Dr. Paul Alexander, an epidemiologist, but he's also had his hands very much involved in the anti-mask, anti-vaccine and world. And he's also the author of an interesting book entitled The Presidential Takedown. I, the doctor, when I come back to you in a second, I encourage you to put a plug in for me and tell me where yeah. folks can go to to get your book, The Presidential Takedown, How Anthony Fauci, the CDC, the NIH, the World Health Organization, uh, all conspired to overthrow Donald Trump and what, yes. doctor, your role was in this. I'm stunned with how they could call you, Dr. Francis Collins, Dr. Koldorf at Harvard, Dr. Bhattacharya at Stanford, Dr. Gupta from Oxford, and others. Were You, you guys were all labeled fringe epidemiologists. You want to explain that? Sure. You, uh, do I do it now or when you come, come no, back? No, go for it. Go for it. Well, 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 listen, because out of the gate, we looked at, we knew two weeks after they started this in early February 2020 that COVID was amenable, this, this pathogen. I'm not talking about coronavirus. I'm saying whatever they cooked up in the lab, intentional or accidental release, whatever, this respiratory type illness, this influenza-type illness that was affecting principally median age of death, 83, elderly people with underlying at these three medical conditions. We knew two weeks out of the box. So by the end of February 2020, that COVID was amenable to risk stratification and that your baseline risk predicted severity of outcome was prognostic on your mortality. That meant that there was a distinct difference in risk between young, healthy people an elderly granny over 85 yeah. with three medical conditions. So we knew that. We knew there was a 1,000-fold difference in risk between an 85-year-old with medical conditions. Remember, I'm talking about an ill person and 10-year-old Johnny. But that's not what they did. They made you feel, Fauci and Burks, on that task force podium, that we were at equal risk, that Johnny at 10, all teenagers, all young, healthy people, middle-aged, healthy people, you are the same risk of severe outcome than elderly granny who was gravely ill already. If she ran into COVID, that was a lie with asymptomatic transmission. And because I stood up, Dr. Scott Atlas, Dr. Kuldorf, Dr. Bhattacharya, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Risha, we said, now hold on, epidemiological, that's impossible. You need to have some risk stratification in place to define who's at risk, what's the age group at risk. You cannot apply lockdowns, carte blanche, or any kind of restriction. You must base it on risk, age, etc. We were labeled fringe. We were attacked, smeared. We lost our positions in, in academia. We lost our jobs and our income. But people like McCollum, myself, 
we decided, you know what? Our face was out there. My name was out there. I can't lose more than already lost. I'm going to stick into the fight and try to punish the wrongdoers. That's where I am. Folks, we're talking with epidemiologist, Mr. Paul Elias Alexander. He's taken on the fight that many, many medical professionals, <laughs> I'll leave it there, many medical professionals walked away from, whether it was within their medical medical doctor groups, whether it was within their hospital groups or individuals. Medical professionals advised you to take the vaccine when it was unproven. Doctor, yes or no? Absolutely correct. And they knew what you just said is really the nirvana of the crux of this. Because medical doctors in a society, especially in a good governance society of the United States, run the system. We give medical doctors the premium role in our society because it's a doctor that could commission you to death even on a court trial. If a doctor says you are sane, etc., forensic psychiatrist, MD, a doctor could affect your life in, a, in an extreme way. We give that privilege to them. They took that fiduciary responsibility, that trust that we gave them, and they violated it. Because why? They were incentivized. They were incentivized with money. They were incentivized by them keeping their job. Because when Susie went to the doctor and Susie said, doctor, my workplace told me that I need to take this shot to keep my job and income. Susie was a low-level middle person. The doctor looked at her and said, Susie, my board told me, or the college in Canada told me, or the state board in Florida or in Washington told me that if I gave you that medical exemption, which you want, which I think you deserve, because the vaccine looks very iffy and problematic, I would lose my job and my research grant and my salary. So you know what, Susie? It's better you lose yours than I lose mine. So I'm not giving you that exemption. And Susie would bend her head and walk away. No exemption. Go to her workplace, tell the boss, I couldn't get the doctor's medical exemption, but I really don't want the vaccine. And the boss would say, well, sorry, Susie, I have to suspend you or lay you off or fire you. What the public needs to know is there were many Susies across America who went on after three to four months, and she hung herself. There was a cost to what those doctors did. Susie's killed themselves. And I knew because the data was coming to my office at the HHS that we were informing the White House. I am trying to tell you, between the lockdowns, the school closures, we had parents, husbands and wives turning up at emergency room doors to the ER doctor telling the doctor, the wife, during the lockdowns, August of 2020, doctor, I have been beating my husband, physically violent, for months now because I've lost a job. I have no income, my business closed. Husband telling the same doctor, doctor, my wife is true, I am, and I'm embarrassed, and I'm an animal and a pig because I have been violent against her too. As much as she was physically abusive to me, I was abusive to her because... I've lost my job, no income. These lockdowns are killing us. And the wife would say, but doctor, today, this morning, me and my husband crossed the line. We think we might have killed the child. And they're standing there with their baby in their arm, unresponsive with broken bones, saying, we oh, beat bro. the child to a frazzle today. Can you help us? That was the legacy 
of the lockdowns and the school closures. It is that that we punish Fauci and they for, and we never let them go. We never, ever let them go. We keep going after them, and we don't stop people like me until they land up in a courtroom. Well, I want to come back to that because I think you're touching on something very important. What I would like to know before we get into what the early therapeutics could have been to save lives, I'd like you to focus on that and introduce us to the to the therapeutic kit I think you have available. Yes, the wellness but, company. Uh, yeah, I want to come back to that. Don't forget, don't yes. let me forget that. If I said to you the virus was 100% manufactured in the lab, yes or no, what do you say? Absolutely, 100%. Every single thing we've seen on it, how it behaved, all of the adaptations to it, that was lab manufactured. There was no way it was a natural evolutionary spillover. The depth of time. Let me explain one simple fact to the public. If a virus moves from, let's say it moved from an animal model and it infected you, it needs a depth of time. And when I say time, I don't mean a day or a week or a month or a year or 10 years. It needs thousands of years to, to, to gain the evolutionary adaptations that COVID, this coronavirus, came with. It could have only come with that adaptation to efficiently and effectively infect you and then transmit to other persons if we manipulated it in the lab. That's a crucial, crucial point. It came ready to transmit. That adaptation that we can see molecularly could have only been inserted there and manipulated there. We know all of the players, Ralph Barrett, Peter Daszak, we know all of them. In 2015, a research group led by Mina Cherry, they published something a paper in Nature, and they actually described this coronavirus in 2015. They said that they believe, Mina Cherry and, and Barrett believe that they actually created a pandemic coronavirus that replicated efficiently and pathologically in human upper area cells. They even said that we tested it in the lab already and we can show that no vaccine that we created worked on it. No antibodies, no monoclonal antibodies, nothing. It was resistant to everything. And they said, we created it by manipulating, I believe, the spike of a horseshoe bat and the backbone virus of a mouse. And they created a chimeric virus, a chimeric coronavirus, this coronavirus. So I am arguing to the public that I believe history will show that this virus got out then. And this virus was circulating low level globally. In other words, they even tested with PCR in March and April of 2020 for something that they knew <clears throat> using a fraudulent test, but they didn't knew was existing and circulating for years before. In other words, I'm telling you, the global population was largely immune. And the Theodore Roosevelt, the Diamond Princess cruise ship showed us what we needed to know about this virus so, in so January, two, February so 2020. Two, okay, so there's two okay, parts so there's of this. Part. There's the extent to which the vaccine was not FDA approved. 
And Never. then there's the and then then there's the extent to which the vaccine, the gain of function research involved, created a vac a virus in the first place that was manufactured not necessarily to be cured. Is that is that a fair statement? Well, well, I I would look at it this way. A hundred percent man man made manipulated in the lab. Where we're not sure is whether it was an intentional uh, or accidental or an intentional accidental release. We're not sure exactly where, but I do know for sure now that it involved the United States. It involved high level officials in the United States and entities in the United States. History will show that. We will wake up to understand that yeah, this virus- shows information I've received, please correct me if I'm wrong, and Dr. McCullough has been an ally of yours kind of going forward on this, almost indicates the criminal initiation, intentional or otherwise, to create the, the virus or manipulate yes. the virus. Before we talk vaccine, there was a yes. manipulation of a man-made virus. Yes. If we start right there, whether you were in the Trump administration at that time or not, begs the question, what was the intent of the vaccine, not only on America, but the world, regardless well, of whether well, it regardless of whether it was released in a Wuhan lab or Alcard, Indiana, who well, knows where? Well, 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 look, if historically people come to us and say, Sir Paul, <clears throat> we are the DOD or we are the US government, we knew China, we knew the Soviet Union. We knew India, et cetera, were engaging in biological weapons research. So we had to be prudent to the United States military. We have to research this too. In case we are attacked, we know what to do for the society and for our troops. So we engage in our own research. We did it under the cover because Nixon and they had forbade it. Blah, blah, blah. You, you've read all of this stuff. This one approved. This one signed a moratorium under Trump, under Obama. Obama approved. Obama stopped. Trump approved. Trump stopped. Whatever. We're not interested in no. We're just interested in what happened to us societally. The bottom line is that something was done. And that's something that they released. That's something killed people. And what killed people was the management of people after the release. With the lockdowns, with the denial of treatment in hospitals, and with the medical management that killed our people. Then, but doctor, sir, why? What was the motivation for that? But what I'm trying to tell you, it is it is possible, it is possible, sir, that initially the players involved had a benevolent intent. Whether they understood the ramp, it's like when Oppenheimer created the atom bomb and post-bomb, he said, you know, I think I, I brought death. You realize you should not have touched this. So the gain of function research on this coronavirus and this horseshoe bats, and they should have never touched it. So maybe, maybe, maybe they didn't know what they're doing and things got loose. The point we are making, though, is, the point we're making is, I believe that many different groups, many, looked on. It's like when Rami Emanuel said, you never let a good crisis go to waste. They realized that this virus, that they could use this in some way to bring a pandemic that could, that could cause, that could, that could allow them to do multiple things all at once. One, strip the society of liberty, 
and power and freedom for the government and for dark forces to accrue power too to hollow out President Trump's re-election chances. Because make no mistake, I know they fooled around with ballots. You could see it. You know what happened. But people must understand something because I was there. President Trump lost support because of the pandemic response too. Not his. It was Fauci and Burks and they, they undercut him and they, they almost Bingo. created a devastating Bingo. response to hurt him. That's my point. And then they brought a vaccine that but, they knew. But Trump didn't never... know this. Trump didn't know. No, Trump never knew this. Trump well, there was a short it. period of time in the beginning. Trump was supporting Fauci and Burks that were standing next to him at the podium. In the back yes. of my mind, I look into Trump's eyes and I say, there's a man who's questioning what these two medical experts are saying Watch. to the public. Yes. And look, I want the public to understand something, huh? I am on the Trump train. I am part of that orbit to get him back into the White House. I support President Trump. I don't care what you tell me about his personality. I am talking about who is the best person today out of the full cast of characters on the Republican side and on the Democrat side who could save America, who has the best chance, may not be perfect. He's made mistakes, and he's going to have to cop to that. But he's the best chance we have. And if you show me, if you put in front of me Another Republican or conservative or Democrat who loves country, loves my border and respects it, loves my flag, loves my anthem, respects my police, respects my military, understands law and order. If you show me that person who loves America and will defend America first, I will vote for that person, even a Democrat. I'm you proud can't of you, show sir. me that. I'm proud of you, you sir, for saying show me that. I'm proud of you for saying that and saying it in that context. Let's take a break. But before we do, give yourself a plug on presidential takedown. How and where can I find this? Well, you could find that book at Amazon or Barnes and Noble or whoever's carrying it. Look, it was my view from inside the administration, what I saw. And what I'm saying is this. Fauci and Burks and these people conspired on a day-to-day -day basis to harm President Trump. Because when you, the public, woke up and said, you know, I, I don't like how these lockdowns working. So people suffering, people suffering, kids suffering from the school closures. You are in a way trying, you're blaming Trump. But you could not, because Trump was not a scientist or a doctor. He relied on the counsel and the honesty of these people, but they lied to him. They, they, they messed with him and they showed him fraudulent graphs and data. Bula from Pfizer, Bansel from Moderna. Sahin from BioNTech, Monsef Slawi, all of these people involved in the vaccine development. In Operation Warp Speed, I was there, lied to him. They told him it was safe and effective. When a president, is like a CEO, sits with his advisors or her advisors, they bank on the fact that you are being honest with me. You're giving me the correct information and I will make a final decision. They undercut Trump. So that the pandemic response. Look, I had very secret meetings with people from FDA, NIH, CDC, who would come to me at HHS and they'd say, Paul, nobody must see me speaking to you. Nobody, because they knew on the inside I was hitting everyone, Han, everyone, Redfield, everyone. And they would say, my job at the CDC, believe it or not, is for every single day to undercut President Trump. They told me bluntly, we do every... Deborah Burks, 
who was on the task force, wrote in her book, and she hates me. She wrote that. She despised me. She wrote, she wrote in her book. She, we, she despises you because you of, of your personality or because you brought out the truth? Oh, between me and Dr. Scott Atlas, we let everyone know that she was inept, unqualified, and that she was subverting and undercutting Trump. And she wrote in her book, she actually admitted that we worked to slow roll, to slow walk, and to not provide the, top, the Trump people the correct data and the data and stuff when they needed it. She wrote that. I don't understand yet how no one has pulled her in for investigations under oath. Because well, that in itself is a devastating indictment on her. Because she worked, conspired against a sitting president with her own words. I'm telling you, I saw it. I saw what they were doing. And that's why I wrote that book. Dr. Paul Alexander... Mm -hmm. You had different roles under the Trump administration. You were an inside under Fauci and Burks, and I don't understand how you can still be alive when so many in the deep state were, look, it's pervasive, isn't it? I mean, there's too much going on here that the, the wrongdoing should have them, should have all of them under indictment and under trial without yes. put, without without rushing to judgment they should at least be under indictment where are they and why are they not under indictment for these wrong for these alleged wrongdoings well well so the the system is corrupt the system in, in on the republican side the democrat side they are corrupted officials in the congress and the senate look president trump when he won the white house he had the white house the house and the senate he had a speaker in Paul Ryan who worked against him for two years. Nothing Trump did, Paul Ryan allowed. Paul Ryan destroyed the first two years of Trump. The fourth year of Trump was COVID, a disaster because of Fauci and the. If you judge President Trump only on one year, year three, I argue with people, you really understand how much good and how strong and how important he was for America. Because really, it was only in one year, year three, that Trump really did what he did. And when you look at it properly, you realize he did more for America, for Black Americans, Latinos, for all of these special interest groups, more than Obama did in eight. Trump, as a white Christian conservative alpha male, hate him as you want, did more for Black Americans, men and women and teenagers, than Obama did in eight. Trump. That white man that you want to pillory and vilify. He did more save Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. To me, you can make an argument about Reagan than all presidents combined. Trump, in one year, I just informed you, you need to discount the first two under Paul Ryan. That speaker devastated Trump. And the final year, discounted because of COVID. We were reeling from COVID and everything was locked down. Judge Trump in the arc of history on year three, then you really understand what he did. Then you really understand what he's capable of. And that's why I am on the road preaching, give this guy a second shot. It can't be worse than Biden Inc. Can't be worse. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the CEO of MyPillow. My passion has always been to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. Radio has helped MyPillow become the amazing company that it is today. And my employees and I want to thank you with some of the best discounts ever. Just go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio podcast specials. 
There you're going to find deep discounts on all my pillow products, including the new six-pack towel sets for only $29.98, bed sheets for as low as $24.98, and 50% off my pillow 2.0. My concern is, what is it that happened that pushed you out? And allies of Trump around him, people like you, that forced Trump to lose you as an ally and a, a conservative provider of legitimate factual input. How is it you were on the outside looking in with McCullough and the other six of you crazy epidemiologists who are peripheral? <laughs> okay, but well, when I was inside, everyone knew there was a there was a thing, a, 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 a statement bandied around Washington at that time. It was funny when we went to meetings and we went to occasions and so they said, you know, <laughs> if there's one person in Washington, if President Trump pick up the phone and say, come and cut the lawn on the White House, it's Dr. Alexander. And it was right. I supported this guy because I saw what he was doing, especially for minorities. And I come from the islands. And I understand the plight of poor people. And Trump was really changing and transforming their lives. It was when I began to attack Fauci and Burks, the CDC and the NIH and the FDA from within side. We had high-level meetings. And in one particular meeting, I wrote to everyone in attendance, including Fauci, that Fauci is wrong on school closures, wrong on the lockdowns, and wrong on the mass mandates for children. I got a visit from high-level officials, and they told me bluntly. They said, Paul, we really like your in intellect and how passionate you are. We want to tell you off anonymously, off the cuff. Because you openly challenged Fauci and said that he is inept and unqualified and he's harming children with the masks, they are going to cut your balls off. That's the exact. I don't know if it's a religious show, but I'm telling you the words. They in Washington are going to cut your balls off now. Fauci and his team and the media, they are going to destroy your name. And I stopped them in their tracks. And Time out. Who had the audacity to threaten you to such a degree? These people were from CDC and FDA. The CDC-based CDC people? FBI-based yes. people, FBI. Justice Department-based people, who's coming at you and, in your opinion, under what great higher authority were they pushed to give you such a threat? They, they weren't giving me a threat. They were telling me that on the inside, between the NIH, the NIAID that Fauci headed, and the FDA, yes. that Fauci and they are going to cut my balls off because I said Fauci was wrong openly to a high-level meeting to the, to the extent that they're going to take all of my internal communications and find lines in it, and they're going to leak it to the press in about four days. I could remember the meeting, and they're going to say this about Dr. Alexander, that about Dr. Alexander, and exactly what they did. And they said, you can't stop it because it's already leaked. And the story is already written. They're going to do it so that you cannot work in Washington and they're going to burn your life down. They did that in four days. And I was asked to either resign or that they would fire me. And what was incredible about that, and I, 
you know, we wouldn't have time to go on to it, is this, and I will remind the public this, and this was actual conversation that took place because there were people in my apartment with me. I had on one phone the human resources, people of the government, health and human services, etc., with justice people in that call, telling me that I need to come into the office today and resign. Or they're going to fire me openly and put that up on the White House website so it will embarrass me and impact me for the rest of my life. Okay, I Whilst know what happened, telling... but what did you actually do for the public's information? Well, whilst they're telling me this, on the other phone, and I'm telling you, I'm not seeing names here. I've written in my book. I had people in that apartment who were witness. I had on this hand, the White House. I had people in the White House, and I, I am trying to tell you with the Oval Office, telling me, do not listen to Health and Human Services. Do not listen to the directors at HHS. We are instructing them to stand down. Do not move on you that we are going to take you from HHS now and we're going to bring you directly into the White House with a direct counsel to the Oval. So they are telling me, don't do anything, Paul. Put the phone down on the central government. We are telling you, the president is saying, do not resign. They cannot fire you. So whilst the White House is telling me this, the HHS people are listening and they are telling me on the other phone because I said, did you hear what the White House said? They told me, the President of the United States has no power. We run things in Washington. You will resign today or we will fire you. We don't give a shit what Trump says. That's what they told me. And you know what I did? I resigned that day. I regret that, sir, <clears throat> but I understand why you did. I regret that. I've asked you to come on the show because this, sir, is the devil in the detail that needs more attention to come out on. Thank you, Peter McCullough and six marginal epidemiologists <laughs> that supposedly don't know too much about the science. But let me yeah. recap. And you, first of all, please let me put another plug in for your book. The Presidential Takedown, folks. Go to Google. Google Presidential Takedown by Dr. Paul Elias Alexander. It was co-authored with Kent Heckenlively. And both, yeah, I, I want to I put a plug in for you on that. I think what you're My saying substack. is, and Substack, thank you. Yes. Uh, the key here is that the presidential takedown, meaning how Anthony Fauci, the CDC, NIH, worldwide, all conspired not only to overthrow Donald Trump, but before they got to him, got to you, is what you just yes. said. Is yes, what you just yes, said, exactly. and I and and to and I have been talking on my podcasts, my grassroots truthcasts, the interviews I do with other folks that interview me, is I talk about the perpetration of a deep state fraud. Frankly, it, it goes is. back. It goes back prior to Obama, but what yes. we have seen is the perpetration and the buildup of. Uh, uh, of a deep state anti-American activity. And yes. it's shown itself with the COVID vaccine, excuse me, with COVID-19. Yes. The, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, please, just interrupt. So again, to recap for the audience, 
the virus. Gain-of-function research, folks, is synonymous for money coming out of America through a corrupt head of the CDC, Anthony Fauci, at the time, who was funding a term called gain-of-function research. Who cares well, what NIH. lab? It... Use NIH, Again? NIAID, Fauci. Yeah, absolutely. NIH, too. NIH, yes. Wuhan lab, pick your venue. I don't care. The point is the money was used to fund the manipulation of a virus that made it difficult to cure. So when they came out with this vaccine that was untested or was in the process of being tested but not thoroughly vetted, we saw a spike in deaths around the nation. We saw uh, Dr. Alexander a minute ago talk about the inappropriate use of the ventilators and the masks and I know Dr. Peter McCullough has picked up on that big time as well. And then we see a PCR test coming out to test your resilience to a vaccine, to a how strong your body is to defending itself, and only to find out that they're manipulating the PCR testing procedure to give false positives. I, I'm a pilot doctor. And when I fly, we have a little dial on our two-way radio system. It's called the swell, squelch dial. And I can turn that squelch up and down to get rid of the noise, the background yep. noise, based on how far out I want to listen or how close I want the signals to to be heard is a is a threshold that prevents static and noise and, and and people too far away that couldn't hear me anyway is to me the same analogy of the PCR test yes that 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 analogy applies I hope correct correctly to the PCR test and so now we've got all these circumstances coming out that are in that are hurting that 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 lend no credence to the individuals that you've named on this show today lend no credence to the science of the vax uh, of the virus itself lend no credence to the vaccine vaccines and subsequent boosters and now we're arguing about what booster works or doesn't work the 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 end of the story first is i go down to the store the other day only to find out I, the lady was bragging she had six or seven shots in the last 3 years Oh my God, I'm saying to myself, what has she done to her body? Comment? Correct. Well, I think everything you just said is correct. And that that lady is going to have serious problems because we know that the shot, the mRNA technology subverts the immune system, drives issues around immune tolerance, etc. Here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is, for whatever reasons they intentionally in the beginning had, they brought a PCR-driven non-pandemic to the table. They told us we had a pandemic when the infection fatality rate turned out to be 0.05% for all those 75 years. Which is not a pandemic. Which is not a pandemic. So that's number what, one. What is, the, what is the threshold on a pandemic then? Well, a pandemic is something that affects, it's a global, it causes societal shutdowns and, and, and massive deaths. You are talking about SARS-1 or the MERS virus with a 40% mortality. Or you're talking about Nipah virus or 
or Rift Valley fever or, or, or viral hemorrhagic fevers, whatever. Q, you are talking about conditions that have massive mortality. You have to understand the mortality for flu, influenza, seasonal is about 0.1%. We knew that COVID was 0.05, half. In other words, we locked this world down. We destroyed societies and economies. We harmed people with the lockdowns and the collateral damage. Children committed suicide across the world for something that was more of an emergency that was half as little as the flu. And what did we do? We brought a vaccine for it that was never needed, never needed. We could have managed this by strongly protecting the vulnerable in society and letting the vast majority of people live free, unfettered lives, no lockdowns, no school closures, nothing. That's it. We Had we done nothing, let me end saying this, had we done nothing, we'd have lost far fewer people. It is what we did in response to a fake fraud pandemic. Imagine we responded in a way that killed people with the medical management for a pandemic that never was. It is, and we brought a vaccine on top of that that today does not work and the boosters are driving more variants that will keep more variants coming. In other words, they created a perfect system for themselves, a money-making, power-grabbing system. That is so why I, we have to punish them. So if I said to you, COVID lockdowns were a giant experiment, it was a failure. A failure. key lesson of the pandemic is what? That one of the great mysteries of the pandemic is why so many countries followed China in the U.S. and in the United Kingdom especially. Why did they all follow a narrative that had been unscientifically proven. Why did they well, jump on this? And and more well, specifically back here at home, because I can't solve every issue in the one hour you were kind to give me. What, what do we do within our nation just to get the standardization back in place to go after the criminals? And I'll call them all criminals. Criminals. It, 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 what do we do to go after the criminals? I think what you said is start with a new, new election with new people that are likely to clean house to get the right prosecutions in place. Yes, absolutely. And the thing about it is you said follow China, follow America. My argument has been this. <clears throat> the world really didn't follow China. The world followed America. America is the global leader and the greatest nation on this earth, save none. And... The world followed what Trump and they did on March 15, March 16, 2020. And everyone began to lock down. Why? Because they knew whatever America did or said in terms of this, whether or not we knew what we were doing was right or wrong. They knew all of these countries depend on foreign aid, depend on America for some kind of protection from someone. Had they not followed along, they would have been ostracized in some way. Yet I could I could tell you this from people well-placed in the administration. President Trump would have not vindicated anyone. I mean, would have not victimized anyone. You would have free to do whatever you wanted. So countries locked down because of America. And Trump locked down because of what Fauci and Burks and those people told him in those high-level meetings in the Oval. 
that we were going to lose millions of people, knowing they knew that the PCR test was overcycled and was lying and it was false positive. They knew that when they were talking about asymptomatic transmission, that they were lying to Trump. There was no such thing as asymptomatic transmission in this. They knew then pre-Omicron that recurrent infection that they said people were getting infected repeatedly. That was a lie. They knew when they said there was no treatment, it was a lie. We had early treatment. They knew that the PCR test was a fraud. They lied about the PCR. They knew to say that natural immunity was inferior to vaccine immunity. They were lying to Trump then. They knew every single thing. They knew that we were never at equal risk of, of, of severe outcomes, that it was an age-risk stratified approach we should have taken. They lied about that too. They lied to Trump and to us all on the podium and the rest of the world followed. And well, they, they lied for a reason, to topple President Trump, because I could say it this way, he's not president, is he not? President Trump, in January of 2020, when we looked at the internal polls, was on pace to get 380 electoral votes and be elected with about 40 to 41 states. No one could have touched Trump. No one. You have to understand that what they did with the lockdowns hurt him. Yes, I admit they fooled around with the votes too. But the lock and they did what they had to do. They hurt President Trump with how they managed the lockdown. So if we give him another chance at bat, he must come to that plate quickly and tell us. You see, within one hour, one hour of my hand on that Bible, I am heading over to the White House. And I'm going to sign an executive order reversing liability protection. I'm going to make it retroactive. That you could go to courts and you could sue everyone, every pharmaceutical, everyone. I'm going to set up a victim compensation fund for everyone harmed from the lockdowns and the vaccines focused on my military and police and first responders. I'm going to make sure every nurse gets back their job and give, give, give them retroactive pay. I'm going to set up proper adverse event reporting so we could really understand what were the adverse effects of these vaccines, how many people really died, how many people were harmed. I, President Trump, are going to set up a commission to drag Fauci and Burks and everyone from my administration in the past and Biden's administration, and we're going to investigate them properly with proper judges, proper, proper fairness, and find out who did wrong. Because those who did wrong are going to make sure they sit in a jail. Me, Dr. President Trump, does he say that? He's going to be president of the United States again. Dr. Paul <laughs> Elias Alexander. You just lit the match in the gas tank. <laughs> That's what you did. I'm so honored to have you today and put Thank me you. on your short list. I want to be part of the team that comes back into the White House to help you mobilize several issues you just brought up. Yes. One of the basic ones, it's last to be mentioned, but first on the list, it really is implied in everything you said is the loss, the lockdowns and the school closures, the deny the liberties and freedoms of this nation. Yes. Yes. And had they had this nation done what you said in the beginning and done nothing, nothing. we would have not had the pandemic. We Correct. would not have had the severity of the virus in the first place. Yes. We would not have had a series of vaccines that were killing people. Yes. And we had we had inept uh, politicians at the state level 
thinking they were going to step in and did more harm than good, like Governor Como up in New York with the yes. hospitals and the nursing homes. I could go on. You have opened Pandora's box, box. You have lit the match in the gas tank. And my dear friend, I think we've become, we're out of time. <laughs> but, but what I want to tell you is that you are welcome back for another episode when we can maybe move towards the therapeutics. I'm going to yes. create a, yes. let's, let's talk about the therapeutics I now virus or no virus, vaccine or no vaccine, let's talk what? about a therapeutic package, which I'm going to put to com a commercial together on. I think yes. you and, who is it, Dr. Jacobs? Dr. Torp, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Rich and me, we are part of the wellness company, which is offering telehealth medicine, but, but a range of nutraceuticals like the spike recovery product, et cetera, healthy heart that can help you survive and to recover and to deal with the virus and the effects of the vaccine spike because it dissolves the spike protein. They also have a really good emergency preparedness kit of, of right. a range of about eight now, drugs that you should have in your medicine chest. Take a look at the wellness company. It's twc.health. Twc.health. Take a look, read, and you make your decision because it's up to you. But I am part of that company. I provide scientific support with Dr. McCullough, Dr. Rich. The, the, the lead, the owner is Mr. Foster Coulson, good guy. He's trying to revolutionize, give you back freedom of making your own decisions, your healthcare decision making. Take a look at it, twc.health. I think you and I have something in common. I never took a vaccine. I took yep, ivermectin. Never. I took the ivermectin. I took the hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> It worked. I lost the, I got through with the virus as fast as it came. This TWC yes. medical emergency kit, folks, is something we're going to talk about again. Dr. Alexander is in the middle of it, and we yes. need to help boost sales in this. This is your emergency kit because we, it's fair to say that based on what's happened now with the virus, there will be different variants of the virus coming out. Yes. Who knows what the hell they manufactured. But but the fact is, you said something very critical, that when a new Republican administration gets in, and I'm with you, let's hope it's Donald Trump, and yes. let's hope he puts you in the middle of the firestorm to... I will be. You will be. I'll yes. take your word for it. You got my number, so make sure you call yes. me. This yes. has this is the best thing we can do to save America, and drop, drop the suicide rate, improve improve the mental conditions of people who have taken their lives because of this insanity, and get our yes. Americana, get our American spirit back in place, so that Pax we can Americana. What's that? Pax Americana. Pax Americana. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We want to hold it. Yes. We're out of time. Time, give me your final plug on your book and the wellness kit. Go ahead. Three things. My book, Presidential Takedown, find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I run a daily blog. It's my Substack. You can find it at Alexander COVID News. Again, Alexander COVID News, and I have it for free. Please subscribe. You can also join if you want. And one more thing, the wellness company that McCullough, Rich, myself, Marcus, we are part of, Great company, great team we're working for, a range of products that could help you. You don't need to take my word. 
We try to educate you with the literature. Make an informed decision if you want. Go to twc.health. Twc.health. You will find you'll be surprised at the good work they're doing. They're doing a lot of humanitarian work. So I want to thank you and Emily, and I'm going to send her my links so if she can help me by putting it out. Dr. Paul Alexander, everybody. He's been my guest on today's Grassroots Truthcast. Thank you, Dr. Alexander, for joining us on another episode of today's Grassroots Truthcast. I'm Gene Valentino. See you again for another episode. Take care. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for Gene Valentino's Grassroots Truthcast. Be sure to like and subscribe, and God bless America. Thank mm-hmm. you.